You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Badass. It is badass. Really it's a cool. Badass. Man. Yeah. Back on the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, we go from Sweden to uh, Team USA, who are uh, now uh, have relocated to uh, uh, over to overseas. They were in Plymouth, Michigan, uh, at the uh, home of USA Hockey, and getting uh, the camp started. But they they made some cuts. They got a uh, NHL slash AHLer uh, added to the roster. And uh, I get to uh, chat with Adam Kimmelman from NHL.com about uh, Team USA. Adam, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you uh, making the time in, uh, in a busy, busy time of year for everybody. Uh, but let's get to know this uh, American squad. And uh, on paper, again, as we've kind of gotten used to here over the last uh, number of years, the U.S. squad looks very competitive once again, could very well come home with a medal. Uh, and uh, it could be a, a pretty – they could be – standing pretty high on the podium uh, when it's all said and done. When you look at this roster from top to bottom, is there one aspect that just jumps out at you immediately thinking the Americans have an advantage because of this? Oh, the goaltending, without a doubt. Yeah. Spencer Knight has a chance to really, you know, everybody kind of knew what he was last year in his draft season, and, and he kind of got maybe a little bit overshadowed by some of the higher-profile guys at the U.S. national team program, you know, Jack Hughes and, and Alex Turcotte and Cole Caulfield. But he was the best goaltender available in the draft, maybe the best draft-eligible goaltender in the last five, six, seven years, and he's just kind of rolled right into a great start to the season at Boston College, 11 wins and four shutouts in his first 15 games. He got to have the experience of going to the World Juniors last year as the third goalie for USA Hockey. Now he's got, now the net is his. There's really, you know, Isaiah Seville and Dustin Wolf are going to go over with him, and one of them will be the backup. But make no mistake, it is Spencer Knight's net, and he could be the best goaltender in this tournament. He's got a chance to, you know, if a goalie can single-handedly win a game for any team here, I think it's going to be Knight for the USA. He really can has the ability to carry them to a gold medal. For uh, somebody, uh, a fan who has never watched junior hockey or college hockey, will be, you know, the casual NHL fan that's going to tune in and watch this this tournament. What is it about Spencer Knight that makes him special? It's his head for the game. He reads plays so well. He's always in the right position, and if he's not, he's athletic enough and he's big enough and he's quick enough that he can cover for any mistakes that he made or any misread he might make or, or any puck that gets tipped right in front of him and he's got to make a, a quick, you know, excuse me, flash with the glove or, or, or a quick move with the legs. He's athletic. He's smart. There's really nothing that phases him. He's got the right mental approach to the game. He's never been a... He's not a, a too-high or too-low guy. He's just always right in the middle, and that's where you need a goalie to be. And there's the consistency of effort, the consistency of thought process that makes him so good. Adam Kibbelman, my guest, he's from NHL.com, uh, and uh, you can follow all of his stuff uh, through his uh, Twitter feed, uh, which is, I want to get this right, NHL Adam, at just NHL Adam K, correct? That's it. Uh, all right, uh, let's move up to the blue liners now. And when I look at this group, there are definitely some names that jump out. Okay, Andre Miller for sure, Cam York, another first-rounder, uh, Matias Samuelson at Western Michigan. But in general, compared to some of the other countries, I, I guess for me, when I look at the American roster, I don't want to call it a soft underbelly, but maybe it's not the overwhelming part of the team. How would you describe this group? I think they're a solid, solid group that isn't really going to stand out. I think they get overshadowed a little bit by how talented some of those forwards are. Yeah. Um, but I look at, at the potential of having Matias Samuelson and Keandre Miller as your first pair. That's a lot of size. You're talking six foot five and six foot six. 
you know, uh, on your top pair. Both guys can skate. You know, Miller is more maybe a little bit of an offensive guy. Samuelson, more of a defensive shutdown guy. But both guys, they're, they're, they're so smart for the game. Great heads, great feet, great hands. They can get up the ice. They make smart first passes out of the zone. And Cam York is a guy who, you know, activated that offense, that transition offense for the U.S. national team. And he's starting to do that at the University of Michigan a little bit. And he's a guy that's also going to be counted on, especially on the power play, to kind of help quarterback that power play from the point. I think the defense is good. I don't think it has to be. They're not going to need guys go end-to-end. They're not going to need defensemen to lead the rush. They have fours who are more than capable of producing in that way, that their defensemen can concentrate on being smart and solid in their own zone, getting plays out of the zone, starting the transition. They don't have to lead it. So I wouldn't call the defense you know, weak, maybe a little bit of a... I, I even hesitate to call them a no-name defense, but they're just a solid, solid group that is going to be good in their own zone, good getting the puck out, good starting play the other way. They don't have to be great. They just have to be really good. And I think they're going to be. Well said. Uh, who are some of those other guys on the blue line that, uh, you know, there's nine guys, I believe, still in camp, so they're not going to all be there. But uh, of the players that are still vying for contention to be on the team, you know, you can't just have a, a top pairing a group. There's going to be uh, five other guys uh, that are on the team. Uh, who are some of those guys that uh, fans should expect to hear from? No, I think the guy like Ty Emerson, um, you know, he's part of that really talented group at the University of Wisconsin that is going to be very well represented at the World Juniors, along with Keandre Miller and Cole Caulfield and Alex Turcott. He's the one definitely worth watching. Uh, Christian Krieger, from, from who plays at Michigan State, he's a New York Islanders prospect. Alec Regula from London and the Ontario League is another one. Um, you know, there, there's there's going to be a number of guys. It's going to be really a close battle to pick who, that, who those final seven are, or the final eight are, however the U.S. wants to assemble its roster. But, you know, again, I just think the strength of the group is just going to be how tight they all are, how smart they all are, and how, you know, they don't have to be dazzling with overwhelming skill. But I think they're going to be a very workmanlike effort there, and I think it's really going to help as far as shot suppression and getting play started the other way. Adam, let's go to the forward group, and uh, right away I want to get the joke out of the way. Uh, do we see a Ford-Pinto combination at, uh, at any point in this tournament? <laughs> You know, I've looked at this roster, and I've never actually put that together. That's actually pretty good. Um, I, I, You know, again, I, I think you look at the top line there, it looks to me at least uh, to be some combination of, of Cole Caulfield, Alex Turcotte, and Arthur Kaliev. Um, I, I think the guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing in this World Junior atmosphere is Nick Robertson, the Toronto Maple Leafs prospect. Yeah. He was a guy who really, really stood out to me at the World Junior Summer Showcase back in, in the summer, just the way he was able to, you know, played some at center, played some on the wing, so he's got a versatility to his game. He never looked out of place. He never looked overmatched. You know, the World Juniors can be an intimidating place. It's a 19-year-old tournament. You're talking about a, a, an 18-year-old just got drafted. It's a big step up in competition for him, and he more than certainly held his own. I was very impressed by him. Oliver Walston is going to be another guy to watch. He's, you know, got the most pro experience of anybody in this group from his time with, you know, a little bit of time with the New York Islanders and a lot of time with Bridgeport in the American League. He's a guy that they're going to really depend on to provide offense and, and be a big piece of their power play. 
Uh, Trevor Zegers, who, who's, you know, part of that, you know, I feel like I've talked about it a lot, that national team under-18 program that the U.S. had last year. He was a huge part of that. He's off to a nice start at Boston University. He's going to be, you know, a key guy for them. And I think just the scoring depth, the offensive depth that they're going to have, and, and having mentioned a guy like Jack Drury, the, the Carolina prospect, of Bobby Brink, the Flyers prospect is at the University of Denver. Um, they, have, they have depth, skill, scoring all throughout the lineup, all throughout their, their four lines. And that's why, you know, going back to the defense for a minute, they don't necessarily need their defensemen to be big offensive performers because they have so much talent up front. And a guy I didn't, I, I neglected to mention, John Beecher, the Boston Bruins first round pick, the 6'5 center from the University of Michigan, yet another one of those U.S. national team graduates, is a guy who also stood out at the summer camp, also been a guy who's gotten off to a solid start in college. He's a guy that's going to be counted on a big, big way, just the size, the skating on, on the big international ice. They're going to need him to play very well, and I think he's up to that challenge. It really does seem like the the defense, all they have to do is get the puck out of their own zone and get it to the forwards and kind of sit back and just watch those guys go to work because there's so much skill and talent up front. It's a, it's a really scary group. Now, when it comes to, say, killing penalties, who are going to be those guys? That, you know, we know the offense is going to be there, but are there defensive specialists at all uh, amongst the forward group for the U.S.? Well, I think a lot of those guys, one of the nice things about that national team program is they didn't let guys just be one-way offensive players. A lot of their guys, you know, they're big guys. They killed penalties. They played special teams both ways. I, I think you're going to see, you know, some Jacob Ivanka. I think Shane Pinto is going to be used in that role. I, I, I think Trevor Janicki is going to be in that role. Curtis Hall was a guy who, you know, killed penalties at the Summer Showcase. You know, they have guys who can do that, but it wouldn't also surprise me to see John Beecher, you know, you put that six foot five uh, wingspan out there, that takes up a lot of space, and that can cause a lot of problems on the penalty kill. So I think they'll be good enough there. I think defensively, you know, again, you've got Matias Samuelson and Keandre Miller, six foot five and, and six foot four, pushing guys out. You, you know, it's going to be a very uncomfortable night for forwards when you have to go against those guys. And they have other defensemen who are going to do well in those roles. I think special teams is something that can be a real advantage for the U.S. I think they just have so many talented players who will buy in and play the right way. They're very much a, a, a team. They're very, they understand how to play a team game rather than anybody kind of go off and go their, their own individual way. I think it's a real strength of this group that they're going to be, and it comes from, Having so many guys from that national team program, they're used to playing together, they're used to playing a certain way, it's going to blend throughout that group. So, yeah, I, I think special teams, power play or penalty kill, it, it's, going to be, it's going to go very well for the U.S. Now, no team is perfect, and when you're throwing guys in who, for the most part, don't play together with each other uh, very often, maybe haven't played with each other for extended periods of time uh, in the past, there are going to be, there's expected uh, learning curve a little bit. Are there any areas of concern when you look at this roster? And the one thing that jumps out at me is just lack of size up front. You mentioned all the big guys on the blue line. I think there's four guys up front who are above six foot. Um, so it might be a bit smaller group, but you know there's so many positives. I don't know if that is a big enough concern, but uh, pardon the pun with the big enough concern, but um, is there something that is a bit of a, a worry, at least uh, when you look ahead to uh, the World Junior for the U.S.? I think not so much the roster. I, I think in a short tournament, 
And you kind of touched on it with the chemistry and, and making sure everybody's on the same page. In a short tournament like the World Juniors, they're really, you don't have time to hit a speed bump. You've got to have all your ducks in a row, everybody on the same page, almost from the start of the camp. And then if something does go wrong, how do you reassess and how do you quickly get everybody back in the right direction? And, and you know, opening against Canada, there's going to be some real emotion there. That's going to be a very interesting game. You know, if things go off kilter, if they do lose, well, how do you rebound from it? How do you put it behind you and get ready for another game in two days, uh, you know, against, you know, whoever the, ne- against the game the next day against Germany? How do you rebound quick when you lose to your rival on opening day? So usually it's been, in the past, it's been a build up to that big game against Canada where they have some games under their belt and they're ready and they're in tournament mode. Well, now you're, you're right into it. You're right in the fire against your biggest rival. How do you handle that? What happens if things don't go your way? The other side of it, what happens if you do win? How do you put it behind you and then get ready for a game the next day? So it's all the, the mental approach more so than anything physical that happens. It's how do you handle situations as they come up in a short tournament on international ice in an inf- unfamiliar environment? So that, that, to me, is the biggest stumbling block that could potentially hit, hit this U.S. team. Not so much roster or, or size. I think they have enough guys who, who can skate well enough. I think size in the game on international ice, I don't think it's as much of an issue because there's just so much room to play with. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that B pool is uh, it's a tough one. Boy, the U.S. with the, the Russians in Canada and the Czech Republic playing at home, they've got a pretty decent-looking roster. And, and Germany, I don't think it's going to be a pushover. Uh, necessarily that's going to be a tough group to come out of uh, adam any, any thoughts to a, a prediction maybe a podium finish uh, you know one two three who do, who do you see coming away with medals well I, I think the u.s has to be a gold medal favorite i'm not gonna you know sit here and say you know they're the number one team but i think between u.s canada sweden i think you have to put the Finns in there also i would have to think some form or fashion those four teams are going to fill up the medal stand, but you mentioned Germany. I'm really interested to see how they, you know, step up this year. They're going to have Mark Sider, yep. the Detroit Red Wings prospect. I'm really excited to see him in this environment. And Tim Stutzel, one of the top prospects for the 2020 draft, is a guy who's going to get a lot of attention, a lot of the spotlight coming into this tournament. He's another guy I'm really excited to watch. And, and I think this Germany team really has a chance to put a scare into some teams. Yeah, I think they're going to be fun to watch. Uh, Dominic Bach up there as well, drafted uh, in the first round a couple of years ago, and Nino Kinder available in the draft this year uh, as well. Yeah, it's going to be a fun tournament for sure. Adam, I really appreciate your time. Uh, Enjoy the tournament, uh, and uh, everybody can read your stuff uh, at uh, NHL.com. Are you uh, heading over? Are you uh, covering the tournament from here? How are you doing it? No, I will be covering the tournament from home. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to go to Czech Republic, but uh, all the games are going to be on TSN in Canada, NHL Network in the U.S., so definitely no lack of opportunity to watch the World Juniors. To me, it's some of the best hockey on an annual basis you're going to see. It's such amazing passion, great players. The fans are into it. It's, it's the most fun tournament you're going to see in season. Awesome. Uh, Adam, preaching to the choir. Thanks for your time, man. Uh, I enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. Anytime. Adam Kimmelman from NHL.com. First time I've had him on the show. Really appreciate his uh, availability uh, to be able to come on the show uh, this week. As you heard him say, he's not going over to cover the tournament. He's actually, well, he's 
right for NHL.com. So he's got NHL stuff to uh, keep him uh, very, very busy. Uh, when it comes to the U.S., I agree completely what he said. You know, the first question I asked him about what the, what the U.S. has that might be an advantage over everybody else. I think they do have the best goaltender in the tournament in Spencer Knight. And listen, if uh, if something happened with Spencer Knight, knock on wood, you never wish injury on anybody. But, you know, if he happens to struggle, Dustin Wolf right there waiting in the wings. Uh, and it mentioned in the first segment today, his stats right now in the WHL. It's ridiculous. This guy has had an amazing junior hockey career. And... If he gets the opportunity, I would not be at all surprised to see Dustin Wolf really rise to the occasion uh, for Team USA. And the Americans up front, so much firepower. I mean, the, the list, uh, alphabetically, I'm just going to run through some of the guys that I expect uh, big tournaments from. You know, John Beecher and Bobby Brink and Cole Caulfield. I think Jack Drury could play that two-way role. Maybe he's one of the penalty killers, but he's a point-per-game guy this year at, uh, at Harvard. Uh, Arthur Kaliev is leading the OHL in scoring right now. Shane Pinto having a terrific uh, freshman season at North Dakota. Nick Robertson, to me, is underrated. And at the junior level, you know, who knows what he does at the NHL uh, level. But as a junior, he's terrific. Uh, Alex Turcotte, Oliver Wallstrom, Trevor Zegris. Uh, there's a lot of offense up front for the United States. Their blue line, to me, is suspect. And that's not to say they can't get the job done. Um, but... It's an average defensive core, in my opinion. I don't think they match up well defensively as, you know, if you put them side-by-side side against Canada, what Canada's roster looks like on the blue line. I think Canada has a better defensive core. And Sweden probably has the best defensive core in the tournament. So I think the Americans are going to do well. They are good enough to win the gold medal. Do I expect that they're going to win the gold medal? I'll save that uh, predictions coming up in the final segment today. You can uh, hear those a little bit later. Uh, but up next, we're going to uh, talk about another team in this a really, really strong division in the uh, in Pool B. Uh, that would be Team Russia, and uh, this is a team for me. Every year, the Russians really hard to kind of uh, kind of hard to predict. Uh, some years we've seen them be very individualistic. Other years we've seen their team really come together. Well, what about this year? Slava Malamud, who is a uh, Russian but based now in the United States. He's been my guest this time every year to talk about the Russians and will join me next here on the Pipeline Show. My name is Klim Kostin from Team Russia. Trying to drop it back. That was Klim Kostin. Read the play and intercepted for Russia. Pavel Konikov. Shots off the skate. Goes to Kostin. Russia scores. It bounced right to Klim Kostin. And it's time. This is the Pipeline Show. From the organization that brought you Mark Messier, Matt Benning, and Ian Mitchell, Spruce Grove Saints Junior A Hockey is officially back for the 2019-2020 season with all the action taking place at the Grant Fear Arena in Spruce Grove. With tickets starting at just $15 per person, AJHL Hockey provides some quality entertainment. For more information, visit www.sprucegrovesaints.ca. 